The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegrillposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network. Presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, and now in association with NDPW.com. We're sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. And in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JKPODCAST. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. To listen to the podcast, you can find us on Podbean, Apple, Bo- Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now also on Anchor and Spotify. As always, I'm Big Joe. And I'm Carl Garifel. His Carl, another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling. And I guess before we get to the bulk of things, just uh, to catch up as we usually do, this past week it's been uh, kind of just more in the same of uh, living in this world of coronavirus, self-isolating, and uh, all that kind of good stuff still going on. Well, for those that can self-isolate, I hope that you are continuing to do so and trying to flatten that curve, as Mm. they say. I hope that that is what all of you are trying to do. As all of you know, if you have not listened to the podcast before, Big Joe and myself are actually considered essential services. Big Joe working in a retail world, myself working in the world of private security. So we are both working still, uh, which I guess is is a good thing. Um, For those of us that that are working, we're still, you know, able to gather that paycheck um, and not have to rely on the government funded money that is being given to everybody. Um, Just quickly on that for all of you, make sure that you're putting some of that money aside because that money is taxable. Um, I don't want any of our listeners that are getting in Canada, at least, uh, I don't want any of our listeners that are getting that money to, to just think that everything is going to be fine at the end of the day. Um, (laughs) come tax time, you guys are going to have to pay taxes on that because you have to claim it as income. So just a quick little tip for y'all make sure that you are setting aside some of that for tax time next year. You actually read my mind and I was going to bring up the same thing that, uh, yeah, this is not just here's some money and that's the end of it. It's definitely going to be taxable income. And for those that now, supposedly this has changed recently too. Again, this is just purely in Canada. I don't know exactly how this is happening in the U.S., but pretty much, I guess, anybody can apply for this benefit now and receive it. But if you're somebody that that's just kind of getting it for extra money, you're possibly likely going to have to pay have to pay it back. It's, it seems like they're, they're, it's kind of up in the air, so you may or may not. It's it, it's essentially like a loan at this point. So I will say if you don't need it, don't apply for it because it's just going to be more money you owe later. That's right. At this point, it <laughs> seems as though what they're trying to do is just uh, they're going to approve everything 
mm-hmm. and then reassess them later. So if you apply for it and you are still working and you're getting that paycheck coming in and they know that you are because of taxes coming off of your paycheck, yeah. they're going to find out that you're working yeah. and received that money. And then they're going to, you know, kind of send you a bill in the mail saying, ah, 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 you owe us that money now. Yeah. So, yeah, just uh, be careful for you, like I said, if you don't need it. But uh, at the same time, too, I, I don't know about you. I'm This likely won't happen. I'm, I'm almost getting to the point now where I almost wouldn't mind a couple of weeks off just to kind of to kind of decompress. Because uh, like, like you had mentioned at the top, you and I have both been working through this entire thing. And it seems like everybody else is kind of on quarantine. So it's a... Uh, um, that could possibly happen with me. I know with you, you're going to be busy pretty much to this whole thing, but uh, there, there's a chance that I might get a little bit of time off, which honestly at this point would be kind of a welcome thing to, to have. So, yeah. Well, for, for me, uh, going in to work tonight, I work with the overnight shifts. Uh, I do mobile patrol for the company. I am the operations manager of the company, but we're so busy right now that both uh, are all three of the management within the company, the president, the vice president, and myself. We are all out in the field working yeah. still. And uh, tonight will be day five of seven days that wow. I will be doing. So, Crazy. yeah, uh, after all of this, if it were possible, I would love to have just a couple weeks off to just sit back and relax. Right. But I know in my profession that's not going to happen. That's what I signed up for when I uh, started this journey into the world of private security. Absolutely. All right, Carl, well, getting into some wrestling discussion. Speaking of signings, or I guess in this case, a uh, de-signing or a uh, getting the hell out of there. Um, this is something that's been on the right. The writing has been on the wall. It's something we've been watching for a long time, and it's finally happened. The Revival have been released from the WWE. Now, as far as I know, um, because their contracts essentially ran out, I believe that there's no 90-day no-compete clause there in place, so they're pretty much free to go where they want at this point. Having said that, what do you think uh, these guys do? Uh, just to, to, to piggyback on that, uh, it is my understanding as well that uh, the 90-day the clause is not in there because the contract ran out. Yep. Uh, so they could show up absolutely anywhere at any time. Um, the big talk, obviously, you know, Young Bucks and All Elite Wrestling. I mean, that's yeah. that's the big thing. Everybody seems to continue with that. I mean, there was on all of the uh, being the elites and, and, you know, hashtag FTR and yes. FTRR and, you know, all of that stuff was happening. So, I mean, that's, that's I mean, clearly at some point we're going to get that. Um, I would prefer... NWA. Hmm. There are so many great tag teams that are in the NWA right now that are uh, just guys that were kind of put together. And it would be a nice breath of fresh air to actually have a solidified, bona fide tag team Mm -hmm. in the NWA. I'm kind of right there with you a little bit. I think ultimately AEW could be where they end up, but I think for a good, I'll say do it for a good year, if not longer. Um, where I say that they, they should go, Carl, is um, Riz Ring of Honor, because then that opens the door to New Japan and to the NWA since they're associated with both uh, programs there. So to me, that is the, the place that makes sense. 
and that's that's a very good choice as well. And I mean, even within Ring of Honor, there are great tag teams that are in there. So I mean, yeah, tag team wrestling right now, not so much that it's hot, but it's it, it, it's continuing its its uh, you know path there mm-hmm. of being relevant still, which is good. I mean, there was a time where we completely lost tag team wrestling yep. uh, seemed to have uh, kind of gone on a decline after Teddy Long. Yes. Holla holla <laughs> playa. Yep. After Teddy Long kind of what uh, was done with uh, with the professional wrestling world on a uh, national television stage, at least that uh, tag team wrestling seemed to have declined a little bit, but it garnered a uh, reputation for being good wrestling and, and started to make a, a rise again. And it seems to have plateaued right now, but still some good tag team wrestling happening. I wouldn't even mind seeing these guys make a stop in MLW. Uh, there's a lot of good potential matchups there too. Uh, the big one that would stand out to me that would be really interesting, given that the Revival are kind of like a throwback style type type of team, the Von Ericks, right? So I'm just picture a matchup between the Revival or whatever they're going to call themselves at this point. I know that they're changing their individual names, what their team will be called. I don't know, but yeah, a matchup between these guys and the Von Ericks. Those Von Eric kids are, I mean, are just incredible. So it, it would be. I would pay money to see that. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, definitely. I, I would too. And I mean, there, like I said, there are so many great tag teams that are out there that really aren't, aren't being showcased in the way that they could be. Uh, but this is something that definitely, uh, I think we're going to really see a, a nice rise, hopefully in professional wrestling. And because of the revivals move to wherever they're going to go because people are following this story. People are, are, are definitely interested in where are they going to go? What are they going to do? How, what are the, what's their name going to be? How are they going to make an impact? And I think that, uh, the, the impact that the revival is going to make is going to be substantial. Mm-hmm. Going from that, it actually needs, leads quite nicely into the next topic here of dream match tag team matchup scenarios and you know, i'd mentioned that one right there the von erics versus the revival um other good matchups that the revival guys could have i mean just the the list is pretty long and distinguished outside of wwe now so it, it'll be it's gonna be really interesting to see specifically with these guys what they could do if they decide to kind of uh to kind of test the market a little bit and not just go to a little too narrow is that I think if they go straight to AEW I don't think it'll be bad but I think that they could have so many good potential matchups if they decide to kind of uh, play around a little bit so like I said the, the first big one for me is the Von Erichs and uh, the Revival but um, you had mentioned tag team wrestling seems to have kind of been on the rise a little bit what are some other dream matchup tag team matchup scenarios that you'd uh, be interested in seeing I mean, with all of this talk about the Revival right now, I've kind of been throwing them around a little bit in my head with some of the different tag teams that are out there. Mm-hmm. And, and probably one of the biggest ones that I would love to see right now uh, would be the Revival and um, the Briscoes. Mm, yes. Uh, like yeah. that, uh, uh, all four of those guys, they're they're... They're old school, but they're new school at the same time. So I think that there was a potential there for uh, not only a five-star, but we're looking like a seven-star match coming out of Mm -hmm. uh, those four gentlemen being in the same ring together. Um, 
I don't know. That's that's hard to to, to really talk about. Uh, you know dream tag team matchups that we'd we'd like to see because there's just so much that that you know and and a lot of it right now is on the independent scene whether it's uh you know like ring of honor or whether it's impact or or nwa or uh, any of that right so i mean a lot of it we've we've already kind of seen Mm -hmm. in one way or another um when when I when you sent me uh, the run for this week, my my initial thought for this went to uh, more of like I'd want to see like the Briscoes versus um, Demolition, hmm. right? Yeah. Or or see uh, the revival against the Natural Disasters, Tugboat and Typhoon, yeah. and to see how those would all kind of mesh together with the revival being kind of old school but new school and then yep. the same with the briscoes as well right mm-hmm. so that's kind of where my mind had gone to like sure. those types of dream matchups yep. there, there's some potential ones inside the current landscape as well uh i'll use these guys again the, the vaudin rx over at mlw a matchup i'd really like to see uh, it would be a bit of a stretch um I would say probably next impossible to happen, but you know a guy can dream, and that would be the the, the Von Erichs against the Girls of Destiny over in New Japan. I mean uh, Tama Tonga and uh, and his brother against uh, the Von Erichs. I mean, damn, that's um, that would be five star match written all over it. I mean, there's quite a few to pick from. And then, like you said, you know, we can go back in time, you know, the Heart Foundation, maybe the original Heart Foundation versus that new Heart Foundation that there was. Mind you, that was kind of a little short-lived, unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's uh, quite a few interesting tag team matchups that we could have. And I think that uh, this revival being outside of the WWE you know, is going to facilitate a lot of that. I, I hope it does uh, because we – Tag team wrestling is is fun and it's exciting yeah. to watch, especially if you allow them to go out there and not just do spot spot dives. Um, like I mean, we don't need that. We don't need you know just all of the um, making sure that everybody's finisher move gets in there and all of their signatures get in there and everybody's kicking out of everything. We know we don't need that. We need we need good classic. Hold that rope in the corner, reach your hand out, get that tag, get that hot tag. Yep. Get that hot tag Ooh, pun. and then get in there. And like, that's the, the double, the classic double down in, in a tag team match is, is phenomenal if done right. And, and I think that we really need to kind of get back to that style of a tag team match. Just briefly there, you had mentioned hot tag, a little cheap plug. Uh, coming up this Wednesday, Rick Vickery and myself will be debuting the hot tag WrestleCast, which I am uh, having the pleasure of being the producer and uh, co-host on, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be good stuff there. But one last thing that uh, I want to mention with this tag team for Dream Matchup scenarios is probably, for me, like the ultimate current one that obviously would not be able to happen just due to current contracts and companies and whatnot. And that would be, of course, the Young Bucks versus... Uh, the Undisputed Era. That would be, or the, the, I guess maybe the Elite versus the Undisputed Era. That would be uh, a pretty interesting thing if, uh, you know, if companies didn't exist, I guess. That's right. <laughs> that, that would be a classic matchup, matchup for the ages. For sure. So going uh, from something that would be a classic, classic matchup for the ages to something that, at least uh, in my mind, isn't. This Ronda Rousey business here, Carl, I don't know if you've been seeing this kind of stuff going on, but... Um, this is uh, creating a bit of a stir with uh, Rhonda and some very choice words about professional wrestling. 
I actually have the uh, the quote from her Twitter. Maybe I'll start off by reading that here. Yes, please. Just to kind of lay the groundwork here. Um, I'm just uh, just scanning it quickly for uh, for f shots and whatnot, and it looks clean. So we'll uh, we'll go with it. Um, so right from Ronda Rousey's official Twitter, uh, hashtag Kayfabe Killer. That um, kind of says it right there. Uh, anyone who is outraged by me calling pro wrestling fake fights for fun has never been in a real fight. Well, you all are tiptoeing around bruising some pro wrestlers' huge soft egos. No one is thinking about the real fighters you're insulting when pretending pro wrestling is somehow on the same level of realism. Yes, I understand wrestling 300 days a year for years on end is incredibly tough on the body and a difficult profession, but do you know what would happen if you got into 300 real fights in a year? You would be dead. Um, this is a, obviously clearly a work here, Carl, uh, to try and turn Ronda heel, but this is a bad work. This is, this is bad. It's in bad taste. It's bad timing. It's just, it's bad all the way around. I understand it, but I don't like it. Honestly, I, I hope, I hope with all of my heart that this is clearly a work. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, if no, if this is actually because we, we, we know that Ronda Rousey is a very opinionated person and that she just doesn't care and mm-hmm. she will spew whatever verbal diarrhea out of her mouth that she wants. We've seen it before and I know we'll see it again. And I hope that this is actually a work to maybe allow her to come back into the WWE uh, as a heel. Um, yeah. This is... Uh, it blows my mind. She was in there. Yeah. She was in there. Uh, like, like, and, 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 and she does have some good points there, right? Like, like it, it definitely is different from actual fighting. It definitely is. Um, you, you take a look at, uh, like boxing. Yeah. Right. And then you get like celebrity boxing, let's say. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like they're two different worlds. They oh, definitely yeah, no, are. One, yeah. one, one is entertainment and one is prize fight pretty much. Yeah. Um, right. So, I mean, you, you kind of look in almost in a roundabout way, the same, the same type of thing here. So if this is not a work, I, I feel sorry for her because the WWE gave her absolutely everything, mm-hmm. put her over and made her huge in the world of professional wrestling yep. gave her the main, the very first main event for the women at a WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. She was part of that. Yeah. They gave her, you know, the, the WWE women's championship, which they didn't have to do. No, they, they could, she could have carried on her own just with her name. They didn't have to put a title on her, but they did. Yep. They made her the essentially the first MMA female star to yeah. hold a WWE championship. Yeah. Like these, these are accol- accolades that, that are going to stand the test of time. They're going, they're in the history books. There is no other woman in the world of MMA now that can really claim they have come in, in that type of a, of a stature and won the WWE yeah. women's championship <laughs> short of Shayna Baszler, mm-hmm. who as well was MMA yeah. and she came in and won the NXT championship and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but she, Shayna Baszler has never been 
you know, the forefront of a WrestleMania. No. She, she, she was never on the marquees for WrestleMania. She wasn't a name that was a draw at a WrestleMania no. or at a SummerSlam or at any other pay-per-view or event that was happening. So it, it makes me a little bit heated, mm-hmm. but at the same point, I take a look at where it's coming from. Yeah. Someone who just seems to be bitter. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, just right off the hop, uh, I have no desire to see her back in not only WWE, just professional wrestling in general. Uh, I was not a fan of her original run. For, for me, she just, I'm a traditionalist, right? I'm, I'm an old school guy and uh, she doesn't take the business seriously. And that that's where I, you know, whether it's work or not. Um, just that whole attitude just doesn't, uh, doesn't fly with me. Um, with this too, and even, even if it's not a work, it still comes off bad for her because I mean, her shtick has always kind of been, you know, she gets into something and she's arguably successful, but the competition wasn't like, like we're, let's look back at her, her USC days. I, I, I don't know all the potential matchups, but I mean, until she got her ass handed to her. Um, she, her opponents were not even in the same league as her. I mean, they, they were pretty, um, I wouldn't say pushovers, like, cause I don't want to, uh, downplay any of them, but I mean, just, they weren't in the same league. And as soon as she came up against a real legit professional, you know, Holly Holm is the one that I'm talking about. I mean, she was a legitimate, uh, kickboxing champion that came into MMA. And as soon as she ran to real competition and lost, she cried about it and left. So when it comes to professional wrestling, like it almost feels like history is kind of repeating itself. Now, like I said, yeah, given that, I mean, that this should be a work, but even if it isn't, honestly, whatever direction it goes, I don't like it. And it, nothing really surprises me at this point with her. Uh, it, it, it's a shame, Carl, because just looking at her non-professional career, I mean, inside the Olympics and judo, whatnot, and who she was trained by, I mean, she's, she has a tremendous uh, accolades and pedigree there, but just the attitude is what uh, I think really kind of holds her back. And um, people keep telling me all this crossover appeal with these MMA people. I just don't, I frankly, see it with, with her. Uh, just because her appeal in UFC was, only, like I said, only until she was beaten, beaten very handily, and then she just disappeared. So it just, um, it, it's definitely not in the same league as, as a Brock Lesnar, where a guy that just goes in and just kind of dominates seemingly at, at will. You know, his most recent foray into UFC, I think it was UFC 200, went and beat a top 10 heavyweight with having a, a big span of time in between a previous fight there and went in and just beat the guy. So it, 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 we're, we're talking completely different things here. And... Like I said, I just, I frankly, whether she comes back or not, I really, really don't care. <laughs> That's really what with, it comes down to. With all of this, this, uh, you know, MMA um, crossover stuff that's happening, and you talk about history repeating itself. Yeah. Um, cheap plug here for the latest episode of Dark Side of the Ring, mm. uh, where they showcase the brawl for all. Yeah. I mean, clearly, again, this is this is coming back to the same thing. I mean, this is uh, just history repeating itself once again. Uh, the Brawl for All, um, if you haven't seen it, uh, you can find it on Daily Motion. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Dark Side of the Ring, Season 2, Episode 4. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought it was done very, very good. Yep. Uh, very, very nice. Uh, they, 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 they went into things... You know, in, in in a 
subjective way, I guess you could say. And they That's got fair. different different views from different yeah. people. Um, we're talking views from Jim Cornette. We're talking views from <laughs> yes, for uh, sure. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like like just a whole bunch of different views from different people, and and that saw things, you know, the good and the bad uh, of all of it. Um, talking with uh, with Bart Gunn, um, who. Uh, essentially went in and like won the entire tournament, which nobody thought was going to happen. Um, But like it was, you had that crossover back then, back in the nineties and, and, and it didn't work. And and now you're trying to do it again, but now with MMA fighters instead of, of, you know, boxing and it just, it didn't work then. And I'm sorry. I mean, short of Brock Lesnar, who, uh, was, you know, like an, an, a collegiate professional or a collegiate wrestler uh, turned professional wrestler. Then he went to MMA. So short of Brock Lesnar, um, yeah, I, all these MMA people coming over, I, I, I just, I don't see the appeal and I, yeah. and I don't get it. Couple things based off that. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the brawl for all because that was definitely very well done. Uh, we definitely saw as well that the uh, the heat between uh, Jim Cornette and Vince Russo is still very much there. Uh, I can't really repeat a lot of what Jim said, uh, just because of the the nature of um, the words. Um, I mean. He, I know people are very polarizing or have a very polarized opinion on him. Uh, I, I still respect Jim as a, as a mind in the business. You can say what you want about his personality, whatnot. Uh, the guy's very knowledgeable in the business. It's just a matter of, I guess, your, your take on that. Um, for the, the brawl for all itself, what just really what it all comes down to with that is that they went through all of that trouble um, and hurting their talent to not even put over a star in that whole thing. That was really ultimately what made it such a shit idea is that just all of that resulted in nobody being built up as a star. No, really nobody kind of came yeah. out of that good except for maybe arguably JBL. Um, also with this too, surprisingly, uh, I, I've actually seen some people trying to pitch this idea to me. Oh, this is an idea that I should bring back. no. That this is not going to happen again. That this should not happen again. And this is one thing you had mentioned with the MMA crossover that has me a little, uh, slightly concerned. Is that they, they could kind of get drawn into that type of scenario. And when you do have some of these MMA slash professional wrestlers, at what point, Carl? You know, whether it be Brock Lesnar, whether it be Shannon Baszler, whether it be Ronda Rousey, when they're in a professional wrestling match, what if they forget? that this is a professional wrestling match or, you know, then this turns into a legitimate shoot, uh, whether, you know, they forget to pull that punch or whether they forget to, you know, do the arm bar uh, a certain way. What happens when something like that happens? Well, I, I think uh, if something like that were to happen, then, then we will clearly see uh, how tough yep. professional wrestlers actually are. Yep. And, and I mean, that was, that was essentially one, one of the reasons why brawl for all came in was, uh, because someone in the back and I'm not going to, you know, spoiler alert, I'm not going to give you any spoiler alert, go and watch the episode yeah. because it, anything from the dark side of the ring has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But somebody in the back pretty much had said, nah, I could beat anybody in here in a legitimate fight. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, let's see. And they went out there and and did that. And they actually found people that were good at just legitimately fighting. And uh, I mean, I I think that we would, we would definitely see like if, if I, I, I I don't even know if there are, to be honest with you, any, any women on the roster right now that 
would be able to stand toe to toe with a Ronda Rousey in a legitimate fight. Um, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't think that there really is any, um, they're all performers. Yeah. But I mean, on the men's side of things, I, I, I think Braun Strowman might, might actually in, in a legitimate fight, be able to do some damage, yeah. uh, whether it's to a Brock Lesnar or, or any other type of, uh, uh, MMA star, um, so, I mean, there there are some names on the main roster that, that could possibly do that. Even a Bobby Roode. I think yeah. a Bobby Roode, uh, he's done professional wrestling his entire life. But I think that he legitimately uh, could stand toe-to-toe in, in, in an actual fight. Yeah. So, I think that that's – and it's, it's terrible. I don't want to see it at all. I don't want to see that somebody like uh, an MMA star that's in there kind of uh, – inside their head it clicks hey uh, this is a shoot now and and i'm fighting because i mean that just could be so bad yeah it, just back briefly on the, on the ronda rousey thing I, I would definitely agree with you that in a judo style fight that none of the other girls in wwe could probably stand with her with the exception of maybe like a natalia or something might be able to possibly um when it comes to a, a, a fight fight um when you have to remember we have to look back on ronda's ufc career she was she was a judo fighter she never really had a very well-rounded game when it came to standing uh, punching and kicking with, with uh, the other girls once she had to do that we saw the end of her UFC, her MMA career. So uh, she was good, but she was uh, she wasn't well rounded like you have to be now in that sport to stand a chance. So that, that that's one thing that's very much changed from the early days of UFC, where you saw like a real hodgepodge. You saw like judo guys, you saw karate guys, you saw boxers, you saw taekwondo, you saw jujitsu, and it's evolved to the point where you need to be good at all of those things. Otherwise, you don't really stand a chance because like these guys are training, and guys and girls are training all these things to kind of combine into this hybrid sport that is MMA. And and they def they they have to be they have to be trained so well because. Yeah. All of the things that they're doing are happening live. Yep. There are no takes. Nope. There are no no yep. uh, you know stop and starts. Everything is happening live. Yep. Which, speaking of that, Joe, what do you think <laughs> of the WWE going back to doing live programming, starting uh, essentially this week? Yeah. Or, or you know, I guess next week. Starting next week, we're going to be getting back to live Raw and SmackDowns. Uh, unless they're going to directly copy what AEW is doing. But, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, is the, uh, their stuff not taped? Or are they airing that live on Dynamite? I honestly, I, bel- I, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. It seems as though that it is taped. Yeah. Um. Now, it, it could very well be that just portions of it are taped. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, different different little things like the Chris Jericho and Damascus or uh, Matt Hardy, uh, broken Matt Hardy uh, skit, let's yeah. say, that was done. Um, obviously, that was something that was taped. That was there, taped there's absolutely. no way that Matt Hardy is magical and can, you know, uh, teleport and switch his positions. Damn it. Um, okay. e- even if he is broken or even if, uh, you know, he does possess the power of Damascus or <laughs> whatever it is. Whatever it right? is, yeah. He doesn't yeah. have that. Yeah. Um, so that's something that, that was that was obviously pre-taped. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Like, it's... It looks as though that it's live. It doesn't look as though it's been pre-taped. 
Um, I think that they something that they are doing uh, is stopping during commercial breaks. Yeah. Um, I've seen a couple of instances now where they're like, oh, yeah, back to live programming. And then, like, you see somebody clicks and they're like, oh, yeah, I got to go. And then <laughs> yeah. they, you know. Whoops. So I've seen a little bit of that. So um, I think, yeah, probably they are are still doing live programming mm. shows, but just taking that break within uh, commercials. See, my issue here, I'm thinking bigger picture on this when it comes to WWE getting back to live programming and, you know, potentially maybe even having people in the audience. Um, to me, this opens up a bit of a Pandora's box here, Carl, because you're going to have a lot of these companies that are going, well, we can't be open and do anything or have people around. How come this wrestling company gets to do it, right? So this could set a bit of a precedence and, uh, like I said, could kind of cause a bit of a... Um, kind of a shitstorm for lack of a better term. Um, so it's got to be kind of one of those things where if you're going to open the door for this and you got to start opening the door for other things, other businesses that are on the verge of, you know, vanishing into oblivion. Uh, I don't know about where you are, Carl, but I mean, there's some places here in Brantford that are, you know, very small businesses. If they don't get back up and running soon, they're going to be in serious trouble, if not just going to non-existence. So... As much as I'd like to see WWE get back to live programming, which I probably wouldn't end up watching anyways, um, I, I think that it's not time yet. We're, we're already seeing that, to be honest with you. I mean, Dana White is is going out there trying to um, secure a private island to be able to get fighters to have MMA shows yeah. uh, so that there's no government that is, you know, there to stop them doing what they're what they what they're going to do or what they want to do. And people are already saying uh, WWE Vince McMahon can keep running his shows. Why can't we have MMA? Mm. Right. So we're yeah. already starting to see that. And it's uh, yeah, like, like you said, I mean, we're going to have to go one way or the other with this. We're either going to have to nope, they shut down as well. Or they're going to have to start opening it up to allow other companies like the UFC to be able to put on shows. Because my opinion, Carl, it's just it's not the time yet. There's still too much uncertainty. There's still too many people that are sick. Too many people are that are still dying here. There are other ways to consume professional wrestling right now here, Carl. And this is kind of segueing into our next topic here. This is a great opportunity to go and watch a lot of really good content that's out there. Specifically, I'm going to point my finger squarely at Ring of Honor on YouTube. They have been putting out a ton of their their catalog out there for like best of matches. I mean, they're putting entire matches. They even went as far as putting the entire G1 Supercar from Madison Square Garden from 2019 on YouTube. There is... No shortage of content out there. Watch for people complaining there's no professional wrestling to watch. There is. There's a ton. You just have to look a little bit for it. It may not be happening live uh, at the time, but there is a ton out there to watch. Even in the WWE context and the network, you can go back and there's everything that you can watch. There definitely is. And I mean, I'm even finding little things on the WWE network that, that I haven't ever seen before. Yeah, me too. So, I mean, stuff like that is is phenomenal to be able to see. And yeah, I, I get it. You know, some of the stuff is from like the 80s and some of it's from like the 90s and, you know, some of it's from the 2000s era. But 
I'm finding other things that I have not seen before. So they're new to me. Yep. Um, you, you talk about uh, ring of honor, putting that stuff out. Um, MLW does the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're looking at ignite wrestling with our friend, uh, Kim Artlip, yep. uh, in, uh, Vero beach, uh, Florida. She's putting content out there as well for everyone on YouTube for, for people to have that professional wrestling. And this is a time where if you, if you go to YouTube, uh, just type in professional wrestling yeah. or independent professional wrestling. You're going to find a plethora of companies that are out there that are putting out content onto YouTube for people to be able to watch. And this is stuff that you haven't seen. So it's it, it, it's almost as though it's like a live show that's happening because you've never seen it before. And now you're getting the opportunity to watch. Yeah, I guess it's specifically for myself that um, Madison Square Garden show that Ring of Honor in New Japan did. I mean, they they put the, up there in its entirety, including the uh, the Honor Rumble that they did, where we saw you know people like uh, Great Muda involved in that. So some great stuff there. So there's a no shortage of content out there. Just because live professional wrestling isn't happening doesn't mean that there's any shortage to watch. Um, if you're somebody that likes the old school stuff on the WWE Network, I mean, we got old WCW stuff, there's AWA, there's Mid-South Atlantic. I mean, just there's a plethora of uh, old content there that is arguably better than what you could be seeing live right now. So go and check it out. Uh, and um, you don't need to be deprived as a wrestling fan because there actually is a fair amount out there to watch. That's right. All right, Carl, before we take our uh, our break and do our Showstopper segment here, let's uh, do our match of the week. I know, um, as we had just mentioned, there's not a whole lot of live or current professional wrestling going on, but there is still some. I think AEW, I guess, would be the main one that's still kind of uh, uh, trucking ahead. And uh, that's where my uh, match of the week uh, comes from, is from the most recent episode of AEW Dynamite. I am talking the tag team matchup between the best friends and Kenny Omega and Mr. Michael Naka 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 Nakazawa. Uh, I enjoyed that match. Uh, it was a fun little tag team match. Um I know people aren't too big on uh, Nakazawa, but I mean, he makes it entertaining, he makes it fun, and I like that aspect of professional wrestling. And mixed with some good technical stuff in there, when you get Chucky e. T in there with a guy like Kenny Omega, it's hard to not be entertained by that, at least for myself. So I, I enjoyed that match, and uh, I think uh, the majority of you out there would uh, as well. Definitely. It was, it was a great match to see. Uh, again, AEW coming out and, uh, you know, giving some some good stuff for all of us. Um Another good one and and probably my uh, match of the week here um, coming from the new tournament that has started where we're looking at Cody and uh, Sean Spears. Um, This is the first time that there is a rematch between the two of them since uh, All Out. Mm -hmm. Um, This time the stakes are a little bit higher as, you know, the winner would move on to the finals for the uh, TNT championship. Um, Yeah, I mean like just phenomenal coming out of both of them. And I mean, it's good to see. It's very, very good to see. And I'm, I'm, I'm super happy with everything that's, uh, that's been going on right now in AEW. Um, Kenny Omega and, uh, 
you know, Nakazawa there. <laughs> I mean, that was great too. And even the, yeah, I, I think what I liked more about it was, was actually the buildup to it where you had uh, Kenny Omega and Nakazawa in, in the trailer and they're, they're kind of talking a bit before. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Nakazawa says, Oh, we, we best friends. We best we friends. Best friend, that's yeah. that's we we call ourselves best friends. And then Kenny <laughs> is like, well, you know, we can't. There's a, we've already got that. Because I was like, you you management, you 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 make it happen, yeah. right? And then Orange Cassidy comes out of the bathroom and opens up the door, and then there's you know Trent and uh, Chuck Taylor, and then <laughs> like just that whole thing of it made the entire match for me because we yeah. got to see a reason for these guys right. to be in a match. And the reason for that was the winner gets to be called best friends. That's so just a small little thing, but it was good. That's the one. That's something that AEW always does. Well, there are those little things, like you said, given a reason, uh, for that match, even, uh, they're set up to the, the Jake Hager and Moxley, um, matchup that's coming up. Uh, I believe that this coming this week is that, um, you know, Hager even mentioning now, you know, if I, if I win, I'm the, not only am I the top guy, but I, I make more money being the top guy, you know, g- giving like some motivation, some reasoning to kind of win something that WWE doesn't do. So I like, uh, how they did that back on the, on that tag team match too. What I really loved about that match too is they had Sean Spears on the outside talking shit the whole time, especially to, to knock us out and like, dude, what's with the oil? And it just, just kind of poking and prodding. I thought that stuff was fantastic. So, uh, I enjoyed that aspect of not only the match, but just the, the, uh, extracurricular activity happening outside the ring as well. That's right. And I've, I've always talked about it. It's those little things for me that, uh, really stand out and, and make a, make a good matchup. And, and you mentioned, uh, you know, Sean Spears out there, right. He's looking for a tag team partner and he, (laughs) you know, the very, the very thing, beginning of it was Nakazawa. I'm, I'm looking at you, I'm watching you. Right. And then they just continued with it, but not to the point where it was like, okay, like, dude, shut the hell up. It was, it was more like, Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 No. No. I get that. Sean. Yeah. He. He's throwing out there. What's with the baby oil? Mm, yep. Okay. <laughs> no. And and playing into those little yeah. uh, gimmicky things that Nakazawa does, and, and and it was just all around. You're right. Like all around. This was just so well done. Uh, very happy with it. Enjoyed it. All right, before we take our brief break here, Carl, to our showstopper segment, a couple pieces of breaking news that we need to mention here, and this is one that you brought up to me just shortly before we started recording. I'm glad that you uh, uh, brought this to my attention here because uh, this is a, a fairly big deal because um, I would say it's pretty fair to say that a lot of professional wrestling fans are gamers as well and like to play professional wrestling games. And it looks like the upcoming version of the WWE game 2K1 looks like it may be canceled. Uh, which I mean, frankly, is not too surprising, given you know just the current landscape of just society, kind of in general. But also the fact that the previous game was absolutely garbage. Uh, pretty, um, I think that's it, pretty. You, I think it's pretty widely agreed that there's no re- many redeemable qualities of that, other than, other than maybe it looks not bad. But um, all hope is not lost because it looks like there may be another one to enter the ring, so to speak, in this coming year. So we might not get a um, 2K 
version of WWE when we get something else from somebody else. So I'm interested to see if maybe it'll be more like an arcade approach or if somebody else will kind of get into the, the simulated kind of thing or if it'll be kind of like Fire Pro. I'm, I'm interested to see what uh, can kind of come of this and uh, could be something that's just different because it has been getting kind of stale year to year with uh, these 2K wrestling games. It definitely has. And on top of that, they keep adding more and more and more into the game. And they're they're kind of getting away from the whole reason for it. It's it's a it's a it's a professional wrestling game. It's for us to be able to live out our professional wrestling fantasies exactly. and and have these dream matchups like we had talked about a little earlier with the tag teams. This gives us an opportunity to take the Legion of Doom and put them into a match with the Revival. And I mean, adding in and keeping little things like the Creator Wrestler mm-hmm. is a great idea. I love that aspect of a wrestling video game is that you can create yourself because in the end, isn't that what we all want? We all want our own professional wrestling persona. We all want to be able to say, I have entered that ring and I have done that as this character. And this gives you that outlet to be able to go into the professional wrestling world and be that character that you want to be. Yep. All these other different things in there, though, I don't think are really needed. No. Just bring it back to a basic One of the things that um, you, me, and our friend Jeremiah Mm -hmm. used to do was we would go to his place and he had, what was it, a Super Nintendo? And and he was he was playing he had the games right and Joe's showing me right now you guys can't see that uh, but like the Royal Rumble video game yep. um, that one there that Joe has is from the Genesis yep. but we were playing it on the Super Nintendo yep. and it was great we loved it because that's all it was we went out there and there wasn't all this create a wrestler there wasn't all this oh go through the uh through the years of being this person and (laughs) there wasn't any of that it was pick your guy i'm gonna pick my guy and we're gonna fight and that was it and it was so good so fun so entertaining and it allowed us an outlet to have our professional wrestling fantasies taken care of and I mean, that was uh, definitely one of the highlights for me definitely. when it comes to growing up and uh, my love of professional wrestling happened because I was able to share it with yeah. some friends. So it was really cool about that one in particular. I'm glad that you had mentioned that one because I was, I mean, the hours and upon hours and hours that were spent playing that. And I just loved, especially in the row match itself, if you wore your opponent down to basically entirely nothing. You could actually hip toss them out of the ring from the middle of the ring if you timed it correctly. That that was was entertaining as hell. It was almost kind of like trolling your uh, who you were pl- playing with. And that was a great thing too because you were usually you were, you were playing with people right next to you. And then when you could pull that yeah. off to somebody, it was like kind of rubbing it in their face. It was uh, hilarious and it was fantastic. It was fun. Um, one more piece of news that um, is kind of loosely. And not is not technically a professional wrestling topic, but I mean it is tied to, to WWE, so it is uh, worth mentioning because it's something that I think everybody kind of got invested in. And we're talking about the XFL now. This is coming from TMZ, uh, so so that to, to keep that in mind. But I mean I've seen this confirmed by uh, more than a few sources now. Is that uh, it looks like the XFL has 
uh, filed for what's called Chapter 11 in, uh, in uh, the U.S. Um, as referred to as bankruptcy. Uh, so they, uh, the XFL has officially filed for bankruptcy. They are done. They have lost tens upon millions of dollars, and uh, they are done. Uh, which is very unfortunate and kind of contrary to what Vince was kind of telling us. So it's uh, very interesting that that uh, this has uh, come to light here. When when did that come to light? Because that's I mean even to me that's that's news to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was posted. Uh, I believe it was today. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Uh... That is definitely something that I have not seen. And, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's coming from TMZ, which, I mean, they like to skew things. Uh, They definitely do. Um, So I I don't know. I I hope not, to be honest, because Mm -hmm. I was was very much so enjoying uh, the XFL. I was enjoying the XFL being back. Uh, I I chose a team. I was... Before all of this started, but giving and, the, uh, the Canadian dollar went to crap, <laughs> um, I I was ready to purchase mm-hmm. a St. Louis Battlehawks caca yeah jersey yeah I was ready to yeah. spend that money and uh, I mean I really I really hope that well this is not the case when you look into the financials on this here Carl um, it comes to the people who are financially invested in this especially events especially uh, other shareholders and people involved the honestly at this point given that it's so new this is the best move to make because financially um, they could save themselves a lot of money by doing this otherwise if they if they wait too long it's gonna be a huge loss uh, on top of what it's already been so uh honestly because this is so new this is the smart move to make unfortunately yeah but i mean it's it's only been a year no if that it's only been it, it's uh, i'd like and not even a year like no nope. you have to understand that in business you yep. You're going to lose money the first little bit yep. before, you know, it starts to make money for you. Yep. Um, it, it, it's classic business. Yep. I mean, you have to you have to be there, uh, you know, in, in business for at least a minimum of five yep. years uh, to really be able to say this is going to go somewhere or this is yep. not. And I know from experiences that the first little while you are going to be losing money. You definitely will be. And like anything, you have to spend money to make money. Mm -hmm. Given the circumstances though, that's with everything that's going on, they did have to like have a layoff of essentially everybody. Yeah. Right. Um, could it be a good thing? It it could be. Um, but it's just, it's terrible. I hate seeing this because I, I know. was really starting to enjoy and get invested into the program. Best way I can as short lived as it was. Best way I can kind of word the situation here, Carl, for the XFL this time, right place, wrong time. I think I really, yeah. I think that sums it up. Really, um, they were arguably doing very well, but just bad timing. And it it doesn't fall on their shoulders at all. It's just given uh, what's going on with this virus. Uh, It was just just poorly timed. And honestly, I think getting out now money-wise probably really is the the, the wisest move. And, you know, maybe once the dust all clears here, they can come back as something else. Uh, They may not be able to name it the XFL again. But, uh, you know, time will tell. Um, 
but uh, it's one of those things that we'll kind of uh, we'll be keeping track of. We definitely will be keeping track of it. And uh, as more of this news breaks in any of the world of professional wrestling, we try our best to be on top of things and post it for you on our social media. You can find that at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yes. So make sure you're following us on those platforms. And uh, like I said, both of us, as we said at the beginning, both of us are still working. So it's a little harder for us to be able to just sit in front of a computer and start sharing this stuff out as yep. it happens. But we try our best to make sure that we're bringing yep. you guys the news, whether that's from the gorilla position.com or whether that's from indie PW or whether that's from any of the hot tag media stuff that happens as yes. well. We try to make sure that we are supporting them and we want you guys to support them too. So anything that you see us share from any of those three, go and like those pages too, because it's amazing content. Yeah, absolutely. Well put. And, and just back briefly too uh, on that. I've seen that, uh, that um, it looks like a lot of season ticket holders. They, they've been refunded as well. So it's usually a good sign that uh, something pretty big is about to, to happen there. So yeah, unfortunate uh, the XFL, it looked like it was going to really kind of be something, but like I said, just wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, hopefully they can uh, rebound after. I just don't think that they'll be able to call it that again. But uh, it's, like I said, it's just something that, uh, that we'll, we'll have to wait and see on. So we're yeah. going to take a brief break here, Carl, and come back with our showstopper segment. And uh, we're really going to rewind the clock on this one. I think this could be a bit of an interesting discussion. We're going to find out exactly when we both became fans of professional wrestling. So we'll be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by Collar Neville. Visit CollarNevillebrand.com where you can get an additional 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout, including this week's featured item, the Mirror Pullover Hoodie. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are. We are at that great segment that we love to bring to you guys every week. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our Showstoppers segment. Yeah, I thought we'd have a bit of fun with this one uh, here this week. Uh, I know it's been something that a lot of people have asked myself. I'm sure you've been asked about it. And just given that there is not a whole lot of current live professional wrestling going on, I figured this is another good one to kind of take on here. Because I've been asked several times, Joe, what's the, the very first match that you saw that kind of got you into professional wrestling, got you kind of interested? And this is a little bit tough to find because you got to keep in mind, this is from 1986. And I would have been six years old at the time, so <laughs> it was a it was a, a little uh, tough to to kind of figure this out because um, I knew it obviously involved Rowdy Piper, but I wasn't sure exactly what. So I just I, I, I did a quick YouTube search. I just typed in Rowdy Piper match 1986 and kind of scrolled through some, and then I saw one that really stood out to me and triggered the memory. I was like, that was it. So for me. The very first professional wrestling match that I ever watched that got me hooked right off the hop was from 1986, November 1st, an episode of Superstars. This would have been WWF Superstars, matchup between Roddy Piper and Mr. Fuji. And just watching Piper in the ring during this match as a six-year-old kid, I was like, that's cool. This is something that I want to keep watching and, uh, and be into. That, that that for me that that was the that was the, the light bulb that was the trigger moment. When as soon as I saw that happen, I was like, "Wow!" I was, I was just I was in awe. And I mean, that's that's exactly how things should be. 
And especially if you're getting into something or you've, you've seen something that you were just like, yep, 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 uh, yeah. that's it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you, you, there's always, always going to be a story about this, about the first experience that you had with whatever it is. And, and I mean, that's, that's amazing. Yep. Um, and if you have uh, been a, a longtime listener, you know that Roddy Piper is uh, Joe's all time, yep. all time favorite in the business. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to kind of look back um, on where it started from yeah mine wasn't a matchup Ooh, okay mine yeah mine mine is 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 a little bit different um i i was i was young in age and um the family uh took a trip to winnipeg manitoba canada mm-hmm. winnipeg manitoba canada one of the hot beds of professional Still, wrestling yeah. in canada my oma or grandmother mm-hmm. was a fan of professional wrestling. Go figure. And the uh, apartment complex that my Oma and my Opa had were living in was was really neat because, you, like, you you could it, it was a, like attached almost to like a mall. So you you literally you go down the elevator. You, you could go down in like slippers. It, it didn't matter. You go down in slippers <laughs> and uh, yep. get off on this floor, and then you like go down the hallway and you walk into a mall. And um, my first experience with it was walking past a uh, one of those old classic newsstands. Um, this one was a double sided one, kind of like in the middle of the uh, the hallway. And there on the bottom shelf was this bright orange magazine now i had always been a fan of the color orange so i was drawn to this and i went over to it and i picked it up and i started looking through it and i was like this is this is it's orange and i like this and i i, I started seeing all of these wrestlers and it was an old like wrestlemania um magazine that was out there and my parents had kind of, you know, like taken it out of my hand, put it back and like, no, no, no. Like we, you know, you don't need this. And my Oma steps in and goes, nope, I buy that for him. And that is where my start with professional wrestling came in was that my Oma bought this magazine for me. And I still have that magazine to this day. Um, uh, it, it's it's a little beat up. It's had some, you know, some cuts uh, taken into it, uh, you know, inside the pages and stuff like that. Because, of, you know, I was cutting out my favorite wrestlers and putting them onto, you know, cardboard to put up and stuff like that. And um, I think really everything kind of culminated uh, come my 13th birthday where the one who uh, essentially started my love of professional wrestling passed away Mm. my oma died on my 13th birthday and that really solidified things for me going this is what i this is meant this is just meant to be my thing yeah so i i guess you know that's that's my story anyways started young with a simple magazine culminating at the age of 
well, not culminating, but really uh, having a rejuvenation at the age of 13 when the one who got me into a love for this on my birthday passes away. And it was just written in the stars. For me, for my story, there's a little bit more to it as well, you know, coming from family as well, uh, specifically my great-grandfather uh, being a uh, an elderly French-Canadian man. You can just imagine at that time period who he was a fan of, clearly. Uh, if you were a French-Canadian, you were a fan of Andre the Giant. And that's um, another thing, too, for, for my youth, that uh, my great-grandfather was a probably one of the... Andre the Giant fan. Like, he wasn't a Andre the Giant fan. He was the Andre the Giant fan. He even had uh, pictures taken with him and whatnot. And uh, so, yeah, there was a bit of a seed planted there, too. I remember as a kid uh, kind of seeing the stuff, and I was like, hmm. And didn't know what quite to think of it at that point. But then, you know, watching more, and then, like I said, uh, my uh, first match there with Piper and Fuji, I mean, that solidified it there. So, yeah, it's uh, interesting that... um, that um, th- th- that was the case, uh, kind of uh, both kind of stemming from family there, which is interesting. So almost kind of being passed down. Definitely, and that's what yeah. a lot of professional wrestling seems to be. It seems to be very generational. It does, right? I mean, even looking at the uh, the the big conglomerate company of the WWE today, starting with Vince McMahon Senior uh, and Vince McMahon Junior taking over, and now you know, like Stephanie and Triple H, um, kind of seemingly being the next ones that will step into that role. So it's, it's professional wrestling is a very generational thing. And, uh, if you're out there and you have children and, uh, you're feeling like, Oh, I don't want them to really, you know, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) You get them into the world of professional wrestling. Yep. Let them see what the world of professional wrestling is and they can make the decision from there. Just like everything else. Absolutely. Right. You're going to show them baseball and they might not like it. You're going to show them <laughs> hockey. They may, may not like it. They may love it. That may be their thing. Yep. But give them the option. Let them see some professional wrestling. Yep. And uh, maybe you can have a generational story just like Big Joe and I. There you go. Yeah, that's a pretty good way to wrap up uh, things for this week here, Carl. And um, as usual, as we've been kind of saying recently, you know, just given what's uh, going on recently, uh, as much as possible, I'll try and stay home. And so we can kind of uh, help stop fight the spread of this. I mean, even as we're kind of uh, recording here in the background, I have uh, CP24, which is a uh, Toronto news kind of going on in the background. It's on mute. And uh, I, I, I got to say, uh, just to kind of lighten the mood a little bit on this kind of stuff, when you watch these presentations, uh, they always have somebody doing the, the sign language uh, version of what's being said. And especially yep. in, in mute, it, it's, um, it's very uh, kind of comedic to kind of watch, given that there's, you, you're not really getting the context of what's going on. You see this person kind of signing kind of what's going on. And one in particular, I think it's during the Doug Ford ones, there's, there's the guy that does it. And he's very boisterous. Like it's very much uh, reminds me of uh, our friend in AEW with the, the overactive referee in the ring that it almost kind of uh, in a kind of a roundabout weird kind of way reminded me of that and this person uh, signing what's kind of going on in these uh, press conferences it, it's a uh, it's borderline comedic uh, given the, the scenario so yeah yes but yeah, having said that uh, stay safe folks and um, stay at home at, if at all possible so that uh, you know we can uh, try and put into this in a reasonable amount of time because it, it, it's I don't know about you I don't know about our listeners but uh, it, it's getting to be a little bit much and it, it is still a bit on the stressful side so it'll be nice when this all kind of goes away and hopefully it does soon 
Definitely. I share those sentiments. <laughs> and don't forget, people, follow us yes. at TV Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now anchor.fm as well as spotify so if you subscribe to spotify even if you just have a free version of spotify our podcast is now available there thank you again to everybody who continues to listen to us on a weekly basis we love you guys we are so thankful for all of you and we ask one thing you like the episode share it out with your friends make sure that everyone can hear Hashtag Dem Canadian Boys <laughs> going and talking yes. some professional wrestling to you. Thank you again, everyone, and have a nice day. Yes, absolutely. And we'll see you guys on the next one. It's me, it's me. It's an Arvid V to V. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows we have you can find that all at givingthebucks.com. Run.